Hi everybody, I am John Forrester. Jade Mellon. And this is Out of Character, and today we are doing uh, a podcast about something I hadn't planned to do one about. It was originally going to be uh, uh, an actual play podcast this week, but I kept bouncing back and forth about what I wanted to do, which is why we're posting this a little later than I had originally planned, because I wanted to do it when Jade was available, because it's something she knows more about than I do. So the topic of today's podcast is going to be why publishing physical books as opposed to like PDFs and things like that matters in gaming specifically. But I've always kind of felt like I, I like having a physical copy of what I'm using as opposed to a PDF just because I know with e-readers and uh, like the tablets and, and a lot of the smartphones and things, it's really easy to pull that stuff up and have a, have a ready access to it. I don't have an e-reader. I don't have a smartphone. So if I download a PDF of something, I either have to look through it and write out notes by hand which is fine, because I like, oh no, I have to read a D&D manual. Ugh. But, you know, that's that's fine. But it does take a long time if you're doing like a two, like a 150-page adventure to write out concise notes real quick to kind of have everything ready to go. And um, at the same time, if you want to print everything so you're not looking at a computer screen and you can kind of go around and do whatever, that's a lot of ink. Right. That That's like an ink cartridge by itself, almost certainly for anything but maybe like really good printers. Recently, I was looking at a couple of modules on dndclassics.com, which is a cool site, actually, if you're looking for some, some adventure modules and stuff. And you, if you do like e-readers and stuff, go check them out. And I saw that they had uh, the, the Wizards of Fae and Scourge of the Sword Coast, and they were only available as PDFs. You can't buy them as physical books. For those who haven't seen either of those or don't know what they are, they're adventure modules that are part of the Sundering adventure series that they did is like Dungeons and Dragons Encounters. Um, there were two other parts to that. There was Murder at Baldur's Gate and Legacy of the Crystal Shard, which are both all, both available either as PDFs or you can get them as a uh, an actual book. So they're pretty cool. And I felt the need to call Wizards of the Coast and like kind of say that I thought it was a bummer that I wasn't going to get to play because I'm not I'm not I don't have a a credit card or anything to really even buy those things. So I'd have to buy some buy borrower <laughs> implore someone to buy buy one and I can pay them back or something and they were really cool about it like the, the, the dude who was over the coast I talked to whose name was Matt who worked in their call center I guess was like oh we haven't heard that we'll we'll you know I'll pass that along and I don't think anything's gonna come of it but it was still cool and I felt the need to do it so that's what sparked off the idea for me well I guess I'm here because I was asked to be but um you care I do care I care about print in general. I care mm. about preserving print in all different formats. I care about preserving books in print form. I care about preserving physical magazines. Digital equivalent of the printed word is just not, um, it's just not a good substitute. It's not even a, a, an adequate substitute. And there are a lot of issues with that that I could go into for a long time. But I think that, like, What's going on in gaming is just kind of a subset of the kind of disease that we have as a society as a whole, where we're trying to get more and more things out of physical format, you know. Oh, books, well, we're going to put that on, you know, on your Kindle or on your computer. Oh, can't, not print, you know, we're not publishing that as a CD or, or you know, a, a cassette or an album anymore. No, no, it's all in the cloud and you put it on your on your iPod. And to me, this is just a societal creeping virus that is, you know, going to destroy us all at some point. I don't go to the extreme of it that you do, because I think that the future of gaming is to be all as all-inclusive as you can be. And that was one of the things 
that I liked about those adventures in particular was you could buy it as a PDF, you could buy it as a physical thing. It had like stuff for D&D 3.5 and D&D 4th edition and D&D Next. So it was like, this is really cool because it has the rules for multiple editions, it's multiple formats. That's a lot of people who can come and get, get kind of like cross-generation gaming going on and cross-platform games and all that good stuff. I don't have a problem with them saying, like, we're going to publish PDF. If you want to buy a PDF, that's fine. More power to you. Have fun. I don't like when they say, well, this is only going to be available in this format. You can't have it any other way. That bothers me because I'm like, well, I want to play. Right. Now I can't play. Right. Which kind of, it's just... Well, you know, I mean, you have to admit that you're in the extreme minority in that. I am. I think that I think that the fear is like, well, we have to do this because if we don't, we're, we're only going to appeal to really old school gamers. And I'm sad to say I'm not a grognard. I'm not someone that's been playing since the birth of tabletop RPGs, which you have. Uh, not quite that long, but yeah. Pretty, okay, pretty close. close. Pretty close, You yeah. were alive when, like, you know, you were alive and playing, like, not long... Like, in first edition years, you know? Yes, I was. So, you kind of have some grognard status going, you know? I suppose. You you know? And, like, I started playing D&D and uh, role-playing games in, like, 2009? Yeah. So, and it's, you know, 2014, so it's, like, I've been playing, like, five or six years, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. And it, that's not all that long, so I'm definitely not, like, someone who's been playing for a super long time, but at the same time... I'm not I'm not the most tech savvy person in the world either. I do kind of go like more old school. I like to have the minis and I like to have maps and you know Right. I mean, really, if we're going to get that virtual with our game, at some point why are you physically needing to play? I hate the virtual dice. Yeah. I I, I like if you ever play a game with me, please don't bring out the iPhone and, and roll your virtual dice because it's like, I understand that sometimes it's more convenient. If you're on a train and you're playing D&D mm-hmm. or Newtons and Masterminds or Dungeon World or whatever and it's just not convenient to roll dice, I understand. That's like, dude, this is so great. We can play on the plane and we don't have to worry about our dice rolling on the aisle. Fine. If you forgot your dice and that's all you have, borrow some. Yeah. You're a dice toucher for the night. I'd rather, you, I'd rather have a dice toucher than digi dice. Yeah. Hate the digital dice because it's like whenever someone brings out their phone, they can't resist screwing with it and doing other things. And like as a GM, that's just heartbreaking when you see it's not I'm not talking about like you're at the thing and your girlfriend texts you or your boyfriend texts you, which you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, you probably don't have that issue, but your mom texts you to tell you to get home before it gets dark. And you know and I can make that joke because I play Dungeons and Dragons, so if you have a problem with it, screw you. But anyway, you know, you get a text message and, like, you're checking it. And you're like, oh, I got to get milk when I'm on the way home or whatever, you know. Right. That's one thing. I hate when you see the dude take it out and he's playing, like, Angry Birds or Plants vs. Zombies or whatever. I'm like, dude, I'm we're, we're, we're doing something. Right. If you're that bored, leave. Like, if I'm doing that bad of a job jamming that Candy Crush is more exciting, you, I should stop whatever we're doing. Yeah. The dragon should show up now. Yeah. I've screwed this. Something's not right. I think part of my problem, and particularly with D&D, mm-hmm. is, or RPGs in general, is part of the RPG experience has always been that there's been really incredible, detailed art. Yeah. The as, art's nice. As part of the, the game books. But... 
And Do you think the fact that it's a digital format makes the art less valid? The oh, art's still there, I mean... That's a big question. Um, I think that it varies wildly to what degree you can appreciate the art depending on what device you have and how big it is and how recent it is, you know? And there shouldn't be this thing where you've got different strata of like, oh, I can see this amount of detail in the art. Oh, but this other person over here, he can see like, you know. See, I, I feel validated in saying this because I went to art school. If you went into the Louvre and all the paintings were removed and it was all like digital screens of right. all the artwork. Sure. That doesn't like mean that artwork is no longer valid. But at the same time, it definitely removes something from the... I don't want to say the quality, that's not the word, but it takes away something from the experience. Like, I don't think you'd have people waiting in line outside so much. It's a screen showing a picture of what the Mona Lisa looks like, even if it's, like, the most amazing resolution ever. Right, it's not the same. It, it's photo, you know, photo it's, it's perfect. It's absolutely not the same. And, you know, I study medieval manuscripts for crying yeah. out loud. I mean, there's a huge amount of difference between going in there and putting on the white gloves and being able to See, I can do look that. at the medieval manuscript. Why? Well, do you remember the thing with Mr. Bean where he goes in the fancy library? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, there's, this, there's this Mr. Bean skit that you showed me where he goes in and he's in some like fancy library where you have to wear rubber gloves and you have to have like a, a pass and everything. And he's going in and like making etchings and stuff and like tears the bejesus out of one of these books. I would just be afraid that I was going to go in there and be looking at this thing and forget. Yeah. And I'm really careful with books. And this is like modern paperback books. So like, I'm careful with them even. But, you know, you, you look the wrong way and you rip a page out because you're, like, sneeze or something. Or you yeah, sneeze yeah. in it. And you're just like, oh, no! I mean, for what it's worth, it's really difficult. It's it's amazingly difficult to harm those books. They're all made out of rags. Yeah, they're well, they're, they're generally... Um, cloth-based paper or animal eyes. So they can take some abuse. Yeah. And you know what? This book has survived for, like, you know... How much can you do to it? 1,500 years. Like, yeah. Unless you're Mr. Bean. Yeah. I mean, you've really got to put some effort into, like, hurting that book. Do you, were you safe? Okay. When I heard Gygax magazine was coming out, yes. I was really excited. I yes. really wanted to get all over that because I was alive. You know, I never really had... I never had a subscription to Dungeon & Dragon because, again... When those magazines were publishing, I wasn't playing. Right. And then they went all digital. Right. I'm not going to pay for an all digital magazine. Right. Not ever. Like, I had a subscription to Shonen Jump for years, and I would go buy it, and I looked forward to reading it, and they went all digital, and I'm like, well, bye. Yeah, too bad I can't read this anymore. And it's like, it's not a question, it's like, look, I like to have things. I have a trunk. I have a, 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 a footlocker full of old issues of Shonen Jump, and I go back and read them. Which I guess some people do with digital files, but... Yeah, but there's something nice about... you. It's almost like you kind of forget you have it. Like, you go looking through your books, looking for something else, and you find that book, and you're like, Oh, man, it's my copy of the uh, of Dungeon World. I haven't played Dungeon World in, like, a year. Right. I mean, I do remember when Dungeon and Dragon were coming out regularly. And, and Cobalt um, Quarterly. Cobalt Quarterly, I was going to talk about that in a minute. Which is the people who do Gygax Magazine, by and yeah, large. Yeah, yeah, Cobalt Quarterly was next after Dungeons & Dragon kind of, you know, went belly up. But, I mean, I remember when, like, Phil Foglio was doing the art for it, mm -hmm. and, you know, as she said, doing her old fogey thing, speaking of Foglio. But, anyway. Um, Did you just make a joke about 
Phil Foglio and the word Fogey. I really feel that reading anything mm-hmm. is more than just a visual, visual experience. It's it, tactile, it's smell, it's not taste usually. Is it wrong that I think, like, you know, as these books get older, I love looking at, like, the old used books in gaming stores sure. just because you look at them. And, you know, yes, the pages have gotten a little, you know, maybe like like this page got a little ripped somewhere along the way. Yeah. And they're not that, that, that brand new, just off the print, crisp, flat page anymore. But you look at it and it's like, this was my player's handbook. This was the first player's handbook I ever, I ever, I ever had. Yeah. You know, and they don't see that with a digital thing. There's no attachment to it. It's just like, eh, whatever. And I, I can't get into reading digital format stuff so much. It's just yeah. like. If I sit down to read a gaming manual, and you've seen me do it, I'll be like, oh, man. Oh, races. And then i got to read about the classes. Oh, look, there's this power. Look at it. And it's just like, oh, cool artwork. Yeah, and you can flip back and forth much more easily. Um, now, I have had a Kindle now for about a year-ish. Bastard-ish. You Kindle have her. To be fair, I didn't buy it. It was yet. free. The only reason I have this is because his mother didn't want one and gave it to me. So I've kind of had the experience of, okay, under what circumstances do I want a Kindle book? And and generally speaking, there are a couple of things that I do with it mm-hmm. that make it worthwhile for me. Would I ever want to have the majority or even half? I mean, I think maybe 5% is a generous um, estimate of how much of my reading material I use on that on that Kindle. And I only use it for certain specific purposes. I subscribe to Gygax. You get the, the digital PDFs because you pay for my subscription yeah, it's true. as a birthday gift for me for the past two years. Like last year you got it. Yeah. And this year you renewed it as my birthday gift again, I think. Yeah, I couldn't do it yet because and, they, they uh, wouldn't let me get not pay for an issue that you'd be getting twice. But yeah, when that subscription is up, I will definitely But um, But you get the digital PDFs. And, and I remember like... The latest issue, they had some printing issue. Right. There was, like, printer problems. Right. And then the issues were coming later, so the PDFs went out fine. Right. And I'm, like, walking around, I want my issue of Gygax Magazine. You're like, do you want to read the PDF? I'm like, no, I don't want to read the PDF. I want my issue of Gygax Magazine. Yep. Because you've seen it. You're like, I've... You've been reading the PDFs, right? Yeah, I read the PDFs when they come out. Um, That being said, if that was all I was getting... I mean, I sure as heck wouldn't be spending the money to pay for this magazine every Yeah. There's just no way that I would spend that kind of money for PDFs. No. And, like, I mean, if you lose it, you lose it. It's gone. Yeah. You delete that thing, like, bye. I mean, the Kindle kind of is overly paranoid about getting rid of stuff. It's like, are you sure? Oh, my God, are you, are you sure? You know, like, they're really kind of neurotic about it. You know what else you lose when you don't have, like, a physical copy of a thing anymore? What? You don't have that, that wonderful moment where, like, you go to the local gaming store and you find that copy of the player's handbook. Yeah. Or you come home and you see your issue of Dungeon or Dragon or Guy X magazine. Yeah, sitting on the table. Sitting on the table or in the mailbox. You're like, oh, I'm going to read this so much. There's going to be stuff about beholders or... Traps that shoot fire at dwarves, or giant spaceships, or Doctor Who, or whatever. Yeah. But, like, with a PDF, it just seems like it's like, oh, I got my PDF and my email, that's cool. And it just kind of, it's just grist for the the input mill that we have become. Yeah. You know, 
Because we're just like this constant, like, give me that. I want more of it. And I'm like, I do it too to some degree. Like, I'll be online, like, doing, looking up stuff to talk about for the blog. And I'm like, oh, that looks cool. I'll come back to that later. And I kind of have to stop and be like, no, because you won't come back and look at it later. Or if you do, you'll have looked at 15 other things. Oh, I mean, I can be IV connected to the internet. Like, there's just no doubt there. that That's easy to do. That being said, mm-hmm. I think that as a society, we need to be very careful about everything becoming this thing that you can't touch, that isn't real, that isn't in physical form. Because that's just like everything, you know? It's kind of weird too because you're playing a game that's basic, broken down to its most basic element. It's a game of pretend. Sure. So, you know. you know, I mean, it's a fantasy game though. I mean, Not necessarily. Yeah, okay, but by default. I mean, this is like grimoires and like, I mean. I just think of the ritual books. Yeah. You might know how, like, if you're, like, you're, you play, uh, they have, like, the, the, the spell book. Yeah. That the dude have, like, I have my spells all written down in here. Like, I imagine, like, the science fiction counterpart to that would be, like, I have my spell PDA, my spell e-reader. Right, right. Sure. And it's just, like, sure. that's not as cool of an image as the dude, like, taking out the stylus and tapping through his, yeah, e- yeah. his, his yeah. like, his, his computer or whatever. Right. And, like... Picking out which spells he's gonna fling at the space goblins. Right, you know you could definitely you could definitely see that though. I don't know. I mean, again, this is a huge thing in my life because you know in my day job I'm a librarian and it's there's just it's just so crucial for me to fight that fight, you know, against everything becoming something that is insubstantial and something that you cannot you know hold up against your face. You want to. As a GM, do you prefer to have a physical copy of what you're working from? I've never done it any other way. So you've never even tried it any other way? No. And I can't imagine that I'd be that interested in it. I don't I just can't see it. As a player, do you like to have a physical copy of the game that you're playing? Yeah, definitely. I mean I I think it would kind of I would never in a million years want that in front of me on a computer or in front or on an iPad. There's a thing we were talking about where someone was saying how you would go online and there was the, um, the you know, they're like the character builders. Like you can type in your what you're a dragonborn or a fighter sure. or this level and sure. it does all the math for you. Yeah. And I'm like, am I the only one that enjoys sitting there and figuring all the goofy stats and like that's just part of messing with the character? I understand it's not necessarily fun because math, but. I mean, I guess that math is not, you know, unpleasant. Um, adding up like how many points you're. Your dwarf has. Now, I will freely admit I use name generators like there's no tomorrow. There's a difference between a name generator and a character builder that's basically like fill in the blanks. Yeah, like, like I do, but I do. I love name generators because sometimes you just need that little extra push to like be able to. Well, sometimes you just need that extra push to be able to think of a of a name that's based in a language. I like alliteration. Alien, yeah, alliteration. I, I like alliteration in my names, like you know. Yeah. Um, well, you like superhero comics. Of course you like that. Well, I just like, oh, well, like Tannis Half-Elven. Yeah. Or uh, Flint Fireforge. Or, you know, dudes like that. And you're like, it's, and, you know, it's not surprising my name's John Forrester. You know, like, yeah. I like names that, like, you can be like, okay, how did, I can see how this name came into being. This dude worked in a forge, or this guy, you know, like your ancestor. And it kind of, like, it makes those characters feel like they have a past. Tannis Half-Elven, I don't think that was his actual last name. I think they just called him Half-Elven because he was Half-Elven. Right. And, you know, life went on. 
But yeah, I mean, that's about the only thing I can say that I consistently use electronic information to do. Now, having said that, I think that if you want to go the route of doing, you know, tech gaming, like you're like, uh, I, I ran a, a 13th Age game over Skype recently with some of the guys who run that D&D podcast, which if you haven't listened to yet, you should go listen to it because it's really good. Plug for that D&D podcast. It went really well. I've run a couple games over Skype. I've run play-by-post. They have their place and they work. I've been running games for long enough that I know that, like, if I had to run a game weekly over Skype, I think it would drive me insane after a while. Because, first off, you know, you have not... It doesn't have that, that experience of, like, you're all in a room and you're all, like, sitting there getting ready to, you know, kind of really get into the mindset of that world. It's very isolating. And to some degree, like, that's where this virtual book thing leads, you know? Well, if you're going to have your your player stuff or your, you know, or your um, information in virtual format, well, why don't you just have a virtual game? You know, why don't you just, like, virt- have virtual friends that you interact with? You know, it's just, like, more and more and more until you get to the point of absurdity where, you know, I want to be able to see you and not over a screen. You know, I, I don't want everybody to, to have to go out and be like, Oh, we're all going to go out and buy, you know, spicy Cheetos so we can have the experience of eating a shared snack. I mean, it's insane. You know, we just stop that. We, we need to, like... Is that a thing now? Do they have spicy Cheetos? Yeah. That's horrifying. But, like, you know, just... I mean, it gets to that point where you have everybody go out and agree to, like, buy the same snack so you can have that shared experience. Well, why don't you just have the shared experience by being physically there? Don't hold that chain. <laughs> really? Yeah, I know. I know. I don't know. Back to gaming. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no spicy Cheetos. That's just weird. Like, look, okay, I stand by the statement that Cheetos are probably the worst snack you can bring to the gaming table. Because they're yellow. They're yellow. They're greasy. They get crap all over your fingers. Yeah. If I see a bag of Cheetos, I'm putting my books in a bag. Because I'm just like, look, dude... Which I guess wouldn't be a problem with your with your virtual. Stuff. That's worse because then it's just like yellow smears all over your e reader. Oh, your screen, yeah. I don't know, whatever, and I'm just like, ew. All right, so so no spicy Cheetos. No Cheetos. Okay. No Funyuns. No Wait, Doritos. Does Funyuns have that? Funyuns product? are just greasy. Okay. No Lay's. Boy, you're you're just like a snack Nazi. If you want to have, that's why I think snacks have some grapes. Yeah. Nice, safe grapes. You realize that they're nerds and they won't eat fruit, right? Are barely fruit. I'm sorry, but if it, seriously, unless you're allergic to grapes, it's like... You can eat pretzels. They're pretty... Pretzels are fine because pretzels aren't... It has to be pretzels, though, not combos. Because combos, you open that up. Yeah, yeah. Bugles are banned. Yeah. I like bugles, but they're just like... Popcorn. Popcorn. Yeah. It's like the healthy popcorn with no butter and no salt. That's and true. like, what's the point? I mean, we're not... Sna- you know, and like, again... That's why I always get the snacks before the gaming starts. Yeah. You put out the snacks and you kind of, you mingle and then... I don't know. Sometimes you just want to snack and game at the same time. But anyway. Give them, give them something that's not disgusting. Then. Well, sure. Here's a cheese sandwich. Anyway. I made you a cham and cheese sandwich. You eat it. Anyway. Yeah, you know. We're doing a podcast about gamer snacks at a later date. Yeah, with recipes. But yeah, I guess that's that's ultimately what it comes down to for me. I want physical things in physical form, and I want my friends to be physically there, and I want to have you know apparently non-greasy physical snacks. You'd eat the grape. You'd be so happy there were grapes. I 
think like and I understand that like publishing if you're not one of the big publishers like White Wolf or Wizards of the Coast or um I never know how to pronounce the name of the people who produce Pathfinder. Paizo, Paizo, whatever yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Paizo. Paizo. Uh but like you don't have serious money getting funded into you from a constant stream of material. It may not be practical to put your thing out as a physical copy in every market. You might kind of really have to like, okay, we really need to focus on where we think we can sell this. We're writing a game about our college. We're doing a role-playing game about our school. You need to sell it in your school store and maybe the PDF online. But to some degree, you know what? No, I get tired of people being like, oh, it's just not practical. Whine, moan, complain. No, I'm sorry. This is gaming. This is an idealistic thing. This is not supposed to be some practical thing that you make money from. This is supposed to be like... I want to make money. But... I'm not going to. You know, realistically, this is supposed to be the place where you express every ideal that you have. And you know what? When I put up my, my game that's about India, it's going to be amazingly beautiful. And if I make money on it, okay. If not, that that's okay too. But you know what? I'm going to put out the ideal thing, the ideal product, and I and if it sells great and if it doesn't, you know what? I did I put out something that was worth doing. You know what would be cool? Hmm. If there was an adventure mo- an adventure module or an RPG that was sold in like you take this one big book and you somehow figure out how to do it, the printer to cut it into like diagonally into fourths and you can only buy one of the four. Sure. And then you put them together and you open it and like it's it's like a regular RPG, but it's written like in character, so to speak. So yeah. you know, it's like. And each of the characters have one of those quarters. Well, no, like you put, you have to put the whole book together to be able to play. Yeah. And like to get the full experience of like you know these are the stories of these adventurers That's or like these. Scenario of the Kazars. Kind of, yeah, but like literally, it's physically you have to put them together. It's not like. Yeah. In this book, there's this, and it, and it's like. Well, what if you don't have four friends? And it's like, you know, because, well, you can just go to different stores and buy them. I'm like, you could, yes. If you want to be a jerk, you can go and buy all four and stick them together and play alone. Yeah. But then you're going to be shamed because you broke the rules. I mean, that being said, you're going to have the problem of, like... There's no free stuff. Your friends... Both want to buy the same thing that you don't know which one you're gonna get. Well, then you're gonna get doubles. No, you don't. They just give you. You sell it in waves. You know. I, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. How, that'd be kind of weird. You'd have to have a lot of friends to make sure you. We all four of my friends bought it, and we only got three. It's like you're never gonna find out what happened and in that part somebody, of the book. Yeah, and then somebody's gonna move. You know, and then there's. Then you have to get a new friend. Yeah. You have to, like, advertise for a friend that has the right book. Ugh. I still think it'd be a cool idea. But, yeah, I Were know. you not there for the edition wars? I wasn't, and I still hear about it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess gaming wouldn't be gaming unless people had something to complain about. <laughs> unless someone was standing there like, You are all bad because this thing that I love is not your thing that you love. And it's like, dude, I'll play it. I don't care. It has yeah. to work really hard. It has... You... It's a rare day that there's an RPG that I won't play. I'm like, I will not play that RPG. Yeah. In fact, I don't think that those words have ever left my mouth in that order in the past. There are RPGs that I'm like, I'll never play that again. No, there's the one about the... the what the hell is it called? There's a one about like being a serial killer and like, it's pretty awful. I'd probably love that. No, you wouldn't. 
No one, no one likes it. It's, it's truly, it's like, it's the snuff film of RPGs. Huh. It's creepy. I don't know. I would definitely not play the Serenity game again. That was. You don't like Firefly. Of course you wouldn't. And and I try to tell people that, and they're like, no, no, you can, you can play this game if you don't like the show. Oh my god, that's like saying like, well, I don't like knights and fantasy stuff. Well, Dungeons and Dragons isn't necessarily about that. Yeah, yeah. That's just your friends trying to convince you to like. We need a fourth. You be the cleric, because you don't care. I'd have to really be convinced that somebody knew what they were doing before I play Call of Cthulhu again. By the way, and this kind of goes to the same thing, I want minis in yeah. my friggin' D&D boxes. Yeah. Minis. Please give me a mini. I don't want pogs. I don't want tokens. I want a miniature. And stop putting out these boxes of, like, random assorted ones. Like... No, man, I need, like, I need a were-rat. I'm doing a were-rat thing. I'm like, well, there's were-rats in there. I'm like, so I'm supposed to give you $15 and hope that there's a were-rat. Yeah. And I was like, well, you can use tokens. They're cheaper, and then you get a big bunch then, of them. Yeah, it's that whole, like, representational thing. Like, you know, this is not the, the, it's not something that looks like it. It's like, you know, in the cloud, it's, it's a were-rat, you know, whatever. No. Really? In the cloud, it's a were-rat. That just gave me an image of, like, the flying Nimbus from Dragon Ball Z, but a were-rat flying around on it. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be terrifying. Yeah, well, in general, I mean, you know, were-rats in the cloud is something that you don't want. I like... I, I'm not exclusive. I, I, I think that the future is to have technology, but at the same time not to push the people who aren't that into that out. Yes. You need to, you know... It's like, dude, we, we sell a PDF and we sell a book. That's fine. Even if you told me, well, we can't support the market of, of publishing everything we do because we do a lot of books and if we don't, don't sell something, that's a big hit to our company and uh, we, we, we will publish this, but it's going to be on a public, you know, print on demand. So you have to order it from the website and it's going to take it like a, a week for it to reach you in addition to the shipping time. Sure. Fine. I think we need to go the other way. I think there needs to be a publishing company that comes out and says... We do books that are amazingly beautiful, have fabulous art, and, you know, they're expensive. Deal with it. They're gorgeous. I, I think... You know? I think that's the argument that Fantasy Flight makes, but I'm not paying $75 for most of what they do. Well, you have to be on board with what the thing is, of course. I really love it. I love Star Wars. I ain't paying, like, $210 to have all three of the new Star Wars books. It's like, there's a point... And I was talking to Sebastian but about the this. Books beautiful enough to justify that. Price? The starter boxes are amazing. Yeah. I want the starter boxes. They're beautiful and they look neat, and it's everything that you love in an RPG. I haven't gotten my hands on any of them, hmm. but I want to like rip into one and then run out of the store before anyone can stop me. Yeah. They look awesome. I showed you the box art for Age of Rebellion, where it's like the R two unit rolling through the jungle, and there's all those like rebel troopers yeah, yeah, blasting, yeah. and there's like. The Walker droids. They look awesome. The books are $210 to have a complete, like, it's like, dude, I used to complain about the Saga books that were like $40. Yeah. I could buy like five or six of those and have all the main books for like what it costs to buy all the Star Wars books. Right. And Fantasy Flight just tends to be more expensive. They make nice things. They do. And I know Star Wars has its own issues, but. It's hideously expensive to maintain the license, which is why Wizards let go of it. Yeah. Because they're just like, 
nope, we can't do it anymore. We need to lose this license. Yeah. Because, I mean, it gets to the point where it's like you either have to sell things at such a high price and high volume. But there's an audience for that. There are people that there like, have some money that love Star Wars and they're just going to pay for it, you know? Yeah, and if I had money, I'd pay for it too. But I don't because right. I'm broke because I play Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> I don't think that's the source of your brokenness. But... It is! <laughs> Mordecai came and took all my money. It was Bigby's frozen hand reached into my pocket and took it. Oh man, it's gonna be so bad when with all the new D and D books coming out. Because I'm gonna have to buy them. Why don't I have a thing like that? A thing like what? Like I have to buy that? I don't have that burning need the way you do. I okay. There's a new edition of D and want to mess with it. Yeah. You know, and it's like people are like, well, you can use the basic rules. You can use there's free rules. I can go online now today, and in fact, I have them. And have a basic, the the, the, ba the D&D basic rules that are like, here's a fighter, here's a rogue, here's a cleric, and here's a wizard. Here's human, elf, halfling, half-elf, dwarf, and you can play them to this level, and then you have to give us some money. Right. It's just basics, like, like you know, with, with material taken out. But it's, A, it's a PDF, I'm like, I don't want to read this, it's really long, it's all digital, I want a book, I want to open a tome. I just don't have that, like, D&D, um, I'm like, wait, but all RPGs. Okay, alright, fine, let's get bigger. I just don't have that RPG stuff lost the way you seem to. If there was a new Xena game coming out, you would wait in line for it. If they announced that the Hercules and Xena RPG... Was if, if if like what was was it West End Games that did that? Yeah. If they were like, we're back and we're relaunching with a new edition of Xena and Hercules. Yeah. You would wait in line in the snow in Wisconsin. But I just like that for Xena most anything. But that's that's the thing. Your your RPG thing is just relegated to certain things. You're a big Xena fan. Yeah. You're a big. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I love Changeling the Wasp. If they were coming out with a new thing for it, I'd just be like, yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it. Well, yes, but, you know, if they, okay, if they announced they were coming out with an Inkheart RPG. That would be amazing first. I remember my idea that, like, you know, the dudes from Inkheart read one of the monster manuals yeah, and all yeah, the monsters yeah, come yeah. out. But, like, back to the actual topic, uh -huh. as opposed to us just rambling. I am of the firm belief that technology and gaming can get along just fine. I'm not so old school that I'm like, I know there will be no technology at my tabletop. I'm like, dude, I like Obsidian Portal. Yeah. I like having the option of having a digital character sheet so you can go in and type your character sheet. Because there's nothing worse than losing your character sheet and being like, oh man, I left my character. Yeah. Oh, we can print it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, you, I'm all for that. You're not screwed. Um, if you, I like the digital tabletop thing where you can have like the digital map mm -hmm. that's on your table and you can like flip it and move it and you know, then you press the button and, like, everything's on fire. Right. Like, that stuff's all cool. There's so many, you know, like, the, the sound synthesizers and stuff. It's all good stuff. Just don't put me in the corner and tell me that I can't play because... Because you can't get this thing. Yeah, I mean, and then on the other hand, when you were talking about um, that you had Sculpey you hadn't used, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, immediately my brain was like, oh, I could make so much stuff for, for gaming. You know, That's my Sculpey. I know it is, which is why I haven't touched it. Get your own Sculpey. You said I could use it. I offered you. You, you didn't say yes. Yeah, so. Okay, but anyway, you know, I mean, yeah, you got that, but on the other hand, like, it, 
if I had like, you know, a lot of time and a lot of Sculpey, the stuff that I would create would be, well, really time consuming for one thing, but like, you know, I just think that like, it would be amazing to have your minis in the sort of worlds that I could, 3D things I could construct out of Sculpey for them. If I was told that I was going to, if I like published it, had an adventure and it was going to be published, like, mm. you know, this is the time when, you know, big adventure modules were getting published in mass and they were just, they needed people constantly because there was just that stream of material like, the nerds need more. Sure. And they're like, well, we're only going to publish it as an E thing. I wouldn't say no because how many chances I'm going to get at that happening. Mm -hmm. But it wouldn't be like how I dreamed it. I, you know, I kind of dream of like, the, the book pub the, the publishing party thing for like a real book sure you know where they have it up on the thing and there's like you know and you can sign it how I rolled my dice like how the heck can you sign that in an ebook I mean there's no there's no signing that. you sign the the e-reader that has the book on it oh that's just terrible you've never seen like I think they had like custom ones that have like a frame that has like a little cardboard that you could sign ugh that just makes me ill I don't think well no there's, there's probably people who get, like, adventure modules and stuff signed. Yeah, of course there are. I want to meet Chris Perkins and get him to sign something. Oh my god, you and the Chris Perkins lust. Chris Perkins is awesome. It's not lust, it's respect. No, it's lust. No, it's not. Chris Perkins is... I am not in love with Chris you Perkins. You have the biggest man crush on him. It's, it's, I do not. He was the first jam I ever heard, and it's like, I kind of want to do what he does to a degree, because I think he's very much... Like, he has cool little tricks, and he makes the really neat cables and stuff yeah but like he's kind of an old school gm because he relies on the voices and npcs that are memorable and you know interesting ideas for storytelling as opposed to look at this awesome thing i made there's nothing wrong with making awesome things but you know i, I like that he, he falls back on things that any any gm can do you know i think it's kind of interesting because it just seems like the more the virtual stuff comes out mm -hmm. the more i'm like you know i want to go paint some minis and i want to go make some some uh scenery out of sculpey so apparently it seems to be driving me the opposite direction where i want more and more tactile things and more and more there's something you know. nice about being able to touch a module yeah and this is going to sound kind of morbid but i imagine that like since gaming's been around for a certain amount of time there are people who their their uncle brother cousin dad whoever grandfather have passed away. Right. And you go into their stuff and you find all their old adventure modules, like, you know, on their that bookshelf. That they wrote, that they didn't grab. Not they wrote, but, like, maybe they wrote, like, but, like, you know, I'm talking about, like, the actual, like, published ones. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, it's the Tomb of Horrors, or it's, you know. I found maps that I wrote out when mm -hmm. I was, like, 11 or 12 years old. It's cool. You know, I mean, it's amazing to find that. It kind of gets rid of that second-hand market. Like, there's no, you're never going to walk in and yeah, it does. see the used book and be like, it's like $15 less, it's like $15 if, if it's the worst thing ever. It's like, these things, like, you know, your mom gets rid of it. Or it's it's harder for people to, to borrow them from each other or to trade. You can or get sued to, for that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you need to... I always figured out, like, we were sitting there trying to debate, like, if D&D or, or tabletop games were a cheap thing to do. And I'm like, well, what do you really need to play? You need some dice. You're out, like, five bucks. Mm -hmm. You can buy some cheap dice for, like, five or six bucks. You need a player's handbook. Let's say, like, 40 bucks. You only okay. need one copy. Okay. 
it's going to be take a long time to do anything, but you can do it with one copy. I say you need something to represent your characters. You can use change out of your pocket as long as you got a small enough group and enough yeah. change and a tabletop. GM you can make up your own monster. I mean, you can. At the end of the day, you don't have to. And, like, if you're... There's free adventures. You could go get Keep on the Shadowfell for 4th for edition. It's free. Here it is. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a basic adventure. It's like, I, I don't go to one extreme or the other. I'm not like, all things must be printed. I'm like, I just want... Print this thing so I can play with it, too. Yeah. It looks cool. There's zombies and wizards and... Yeah. Scourges! Yeah. Well, anyway, um, I guess that kind of wraps up my thoughts on the matter. So do you think publishing things is important? Always. In, in all forms, yes. Do you like Gygax Magazine? I do like Gygax Magazine. That's another whole podcast. <laughs> but, like, if I were doing Gygax Magazine, just content-wise, there are things that I'd do differently. Um, the fact that it's a physical magazine is amazing. Like, good for them. I do want to talk about that. When Gygax Magazine came out, I went to one of my local game stores to see if I could find a copy of it. Right. Because it was before I had the subscription, and they didn't have any copies. And I talked to the guy, who one of the guys who works there, and he's just like, it's not practical for us to have it, because if we order five copies and we don't sell them, they just sit on the shelf taking up space. We have White Dwarf in here, and, it, you know, like, we're not selling them a lot. It's just not... And I understood his argument, and I'm like, yeah, if you're not going to sell them, you know your market better than I do, don't order something in. And er and when I go in there now, they have it. Yeah. They have Gygax Magazine. I don't know how it's selling there, and I don't know if, you know, it's going to continue, mm -hmm. but they have it now. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I don't think that's because I said something. I'm not that stupid. I think they have it because enough people asked, or right. they were like, we'll get it in. I applaud them for doing it, and I applaud the local gaming stores for what they do, because that's really hard, and I think they're an integral part of keeping tactile things you can touch and open and look at part of gaming, and that's my final thought on the matter. Go to your friendly local gaming store, don't buy things off Amazon.com, unless you're, you know, someone gives you a gift card. Unless you're really broke. Unless you're, you know, even then, just don't buy it. Okay. Wait, wait for your birthday. If someone gives you a gift card, then you can buy something on Amazon.com. Um, and, you know, just you know, play more games. <laughs> go, touch the, go touch the stuff. That sounds horrible. Go touch the stuff. <laughs> you use prestidigitation to open your D&D &D manual? <laughs> or Mage Hand. I think Mage Hand would be the most abused power from Dungeons and Dragons. It's like, you can pick up a five-pound object, and it's like, I'm going to steal the candy bar, and it just floats out. Yeah. But anyway, thanks for listening, guys, and there will be some more podcasts for you shortly. Uh, I'm not sure which one I'm going to do, so, you know, check in and see what goes on. But again, play more games, and thanks for listening. Bye! Bye.